I don't want to give you the, you know, usually when you have a couple and you ask the question and then it's like the story that goes on for 12 years. <laughs> but um, we've been together um, over almost 11 years. We met in Washington, D.C. at a party we both did not want to go to. <laughs> I mean, we don't have children, but we have our fur babies. Our, we have three cats. Aww. So make sure you go check on the trees in the backyard. <laughs> that doesn't probably make any sense to any of you. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Hard and Soft, a podcast about love and sex in the Bay Area. Today on the show, we'll be talking about long-distance relationships. And here with us is Ed Timke, media studies extraordinaire. He's a lecturer in the media studies department, overall cool-ass guy, and a great, great <laughs> teacher. <laughs> um, Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> So, as graduation looms over the corner in May, we figured it'd be important to talk about graduation and long-distance relationships, if only because we'll have to talk about it eventually, so we might as well talk about it now. Also, it's spring break when this is coming out, so y'all are probably reuniting with your bays and having a jolly time. A jolly time. Chris and I are both student, former students of yours, and in Media Studies 102, which we both took last spring, you talked about, for a hot second, about having a long-distance relationship. Mm -hmm. You talked about traveling every week to go home to your love of your life. Can you talk a little bit more about that <laughs> for anyone who needs familiarity and, you know, context? Sure, sure. So my story with long-distance relationships actually not just recent. It's been going on for a while. If you talk with probably a lot of faculty or professors on campus, um, even graduate students, typically, if you want to become an academic or even if you, you know, if two people in a relationship have a particular specialty and sometimes you're not in the same place. So my doing a long distance relationship has pretty much been going on since about 2010. So what is that, seven years? Seven years. Man. So what happened is when I went to get my PhD at Michigan, the University of Michigan, which I talk about too much, probably. <laughs> um, there, um, the economy was really bad. So my partner and I moved. We uprooted from Washington, D.C. He said, yes, let's go. And you want to get your Ph.D. That's great. But the economy was in the tank in Michigan. And there was a job that opened in Oregon. Um, and so, you know, you've got to make a decision. Like if there's an opportunity that where you both can continue your career, sometimes you have to make the hard choice of saying, yes, let's do this. Um, that might mean we have to be apart for a while. So. That was the first time we were away. So when I was doing my PhD, I was going between Michigan and Oregon. Wow. I would only go back and forth about three times a year and then uh, be back for the summer. That happened for about three years. Then luckily I was able to be in Oregon to finish up my PhD. Um, and then I got the job at Cal last year. Woo. Woo. And that is great. But um, as you know about the Bay Area, it's quite expensive. <laughs> and my partner and I had a house. And so it was prohibitively expensive. So we just decided that I would commute back and forth. And it's actually okay because it's only an hour and a half to two hours by plane. So where do you live when you're staying here? Oh, it's complicated. Well, not really complicated, <laughs> but it's usually um, a question I get. Because I often have to take a Lyft or an Uber when I'm traveling. Yeah. So I, I often talk with the drivers about <clears throat> and they ask me this question. So where do you stay? How do you do this? So I actually contribute more to the sharing economy by staying in an Airbnb every week. Wow. wow. So I travel from Oregon. I leave on Monday morning and I go back to Oregon on Thursday evening. 
it's roughly Monday morning to Thursday, and then I have work from home on Friday, and then you know we all have our weekends. Tell us about your partner, how you two met, mm-hmm. and sort of just the history behind that. Sure. So we met, and I want to give you the, you know, usually when you have a couple and you ask the question, and then it's like the story that goes on for 12 years. <laughs> <laughs> but um, we've been together um, over almost 11 years. We met in Washington, D.C. at a party we both did not want to go to. <laughs> um, so sometimes, for those of you listening, if you don't want to go to a party or you don't want to go somewhere... Sometimes that means that you can meet the one for you. Um, So this was uh, probably the hottest day of the year in in Washington, D.C. If any of you have lived there in the summer, it's atrocious. The swamp. Which is why I like the Northwest and I like the Bay Area because it's cold and cool. Um, And that was not the case in D.C. So that's how we met. And then we were in D.C. together for a little over four years. And then the jumping to Michigan and then to Oregon. And then, yeah. Wow. So... Between that time, there's this sort of gap between being a college student and being a fully functional adult. And there are lots of big, big changes that come throughout that process. What was the catalyst of you deciding to try out a long-distance relationship as opposed to, like, other things such as convincing him to move here or even, like, ending the relationship? Yeah, that's a good good point. I mean, I know some folks who, you know, there's an opportunity for one you know, partner of the couple, and then they decide, well, that's just it. Um, I think for my partner and I, we are both very serious about our careers. We don't want, you know, one person's career path to take the over the others. Um, and so I think that's sort of a priority and that's sort of a sacrifice we're making. But someday I know we will get there where we're in the same place and it'll be fine. But, um, you know, you just I think that's the open communication that you have to have. So I think for some, might be better. Maybe it's a good point to just depart. But for others, I think, um, and maybe this comes back to what I saw as a kid, like if it's really meant to be, you make it work. I mean, my parents even did, it wasn't to the degree that I had, but they had a, you know, like one person was, you know, my father was working in one place, my mother was working in another, and they would see each other on weekends. Mm -hmm. So maybe I somehow absorbed that. But that, (laughs) that wasn't when I was a kid. That was like actually later after I left college. And so I think it really goes down to having that conversation. How old were you when you had this conversation with your partner? Oh, geez. I guess I'm forgetting how old I am. We were in a relationship after four years. So if, uh, you know, I was always over 30. Okay. So. So, <laughs> so what's it like transitioning from being together in D.C. all the time to being apart? For most of the year, how do you make that adjustment from a close-knit relationship to being so long distance? Well, I think one thing that you go with a transition, especially if when you graduate and then when you get in a relationship, is like you learn how to live by yourself, right? So when you are alone and you're single, you're used to like, I can get up when I want to. I can go to bed when I want to. If you don't have roommates or if you do, like... You know, you kind of have this responsibility on your own, and there's kind of a sense of independence. You can still be independent when you're in a relationship, but what happens is when you are in a long-distance relationship, you go between kind of being independent and also being, like, when you're together. And it's not to say that, like, now that I'm down here, we don't talk to each other. Mm-hmm. It's just different. So, like, maybe when you're in a relationship, sometimes one partner will want to go to bed, and they're kind of like, well, it's... <laughs> It's time for both of us to go to bed. (laughs) Um, And sometimes that's the way it works and sometimes it doesn't. But when you are 
like, I guess I'm kind of like my friends who were consultants. I'm on the road, quote unquote, mm. during the week. You know, there is this kind of like you're on your own, even though we would say good night to each other. But it might not be synced up as if we were together in the same place. Yeah. So I think that's one of the biggest challenges. I think you kind of go back and forth. But that also makes those times when you're together, I guess, like the absence make the heart grow fonder, fonder, right? So yes. Boom. When you do see your partner then during the weekends, do you try to maximize the time that you spend? Do you try to make a fun activity every week to bridge the gap? Yeah, I think, I mean, sometimes it's hard because we both have jobs where it's kind of 24-7. But usually you try to say, like, okay, this day, like Saturday, try to do no work. Which, essentially, sometimes the most exciting thing would just be binging on Hulu or Netflix. Mm. Which is why in my media studies classes, I'm able to talk about this because... My partner's really plugged in with TV, so he'll catch me up on all the stuff that I need to watch. So even professors Netflix and chill. Yes, <laughs> story here. Exactly. What yeah. are you gonna watch when you go back? Like, yeah. what what are you looking forward to watching this time? Um, one thing that we really like is the show at midnight. So there's a lot of Comedy Central stuff. Might explain why I often bring in satire into class. <laughs> and we're both very independent people too. So sometimes it's like, you can watch your anime, which is fine, but I want to watch. <laughs> Because it's kind of my guilty pleasure. I want to watch the real housewives of whatever city. Yes. So we'll mm. be like, you know, we can be compartmentalized in our media habits. So. <laughs> and when you are apart, how often do you text? How often do you FaceTime? How often do you sure. use other forms of communication that aren't face-to-face? Yeah. So what we used to do, like when it's the first split, which was like when we were in Michigan, we would try to do like Google Hangouts quite a bit, but there was a three-hour time difference. And so I know that kind of that 90s movie, Sleepless in Seattle, <laughs> kind of hokey, but that three-hour difference can really, it's really a pain. Mm. It, it's, it's a challenge because um, one thing, if you are the one on the East Coast, like you're going to bed while the other is about to eat dinner, and then you're waking up while they're still asleep. And so that three hours is enough. But so we would do like, uh, we tried to do Google Hangouts that really didn't work. So what we do tend to do is use Google Hangouts, but it's a chat feature. And it's kind of throughout the day. Okay. You know, just random thoughts here and there. And there's always sort of the, you know, the good night and good morning. But the good morning might not be until like one o'clock in the afternoon. Mm. So, so you're not goodness. like detail everything you're doing. Like, I'm eating ramen now. What about Sometimes, you? Sometimes. Oh. Yeah, it could be a picture. It could be. I mean, we don't have children, but we have our fur babies. Or we have three cats. Aww. So... <laughs> Part of it is I miss not only my partner, but I miss our, you know, cats. And you have long-distance relationship with your pets, too. And <laughs> But to get back to your question about do we text or send each other random things, yes, I get pictures of cats all the time. Do you send each other memes? Um, Sometimes they go down the rabbit hole of memes. Like, we don't make our own, but, like, probably when I'm trying to do something for a lecture, I see something funny. Probably inappropriate for class, but something that I think is <laughs> fit, fitting in with the kind of humor that we have. What are we missing out on in class um, that you share with your partner? <laughs> I'm trying to think. There's, I mean, there's usually a lot more four-letter words than I use in class, <laughs> although that's usually implied. <laughs> so what's the hardest part of being in a long-distance relationship? It seems like you've gotten to the rhythm of things, but... As you know, there are probably lots of growing pains that come with having this sort of relationship that most couples don't generally have. So yeah. tell us more about like 
some of the challenges that you've learned to face and cope with? Well, I think part of it is, I mean, there's sort of the daily things that you get used to when you are together, and some of those things you miss. Sometimes it's actually irritating. Like, you know, there's certain little ticks that you might not necessarily forget about, but when you're on your own, and luckily we both agree that you screw the cap on the, the toothpaste. <laughs> so there's, like, no fight over that, but... Um, <laughs> You know, it might be some things like, I don't know, I guess I have this weird thing about if I fill up a glass, I'm always getting a new one. I mean, if it's the, no, if it's the same, if it's the same drink, it will be the same glass. But let's say I move from water to coffee. I, it, it drives him nuts. It's like just, <laughs> you're just putting water in a coffee cup. It doesn't really, so I don't know. It's just something I've always done. It drives my mother nuts too. That could be a thing. Like I think for some couples, I've had friends who've been in long distance relationships and those sort of little things can really break it. Because you forget, like, you know, you kind of see through the kind of fuzziness and you're like, okay, you don't screw the cap on the, the toothpaste, mm -hmm. which I think any solution should be two sinks, two mirrors, two sets, <laughs> you know, like everything. And then you don't fight over that stupid stuff, but people do. What happens when you inevitably do get in a fight and y'all are really far apart? How do you communicate and like solve the problem? Well, that's an interesting question. I don't think there's ever really a fight from a distance. I think what's challenging, though, if you are doing things via text, is sometimes those text messages can get misconstrued. Mm. Or if there's a delay. Yeah. And they're like, why didn't you respond? Like, So I think that's with any sort of communication that way. But especially when you're so close. I mean, one example would be I recently visited a friend down in San Jose. And... Amtrak was delayed. It, essentially, I got there a couple hours later, and I was so excited to see my friend who I hadn't I hadn't seen her in a while. That you know, normally I would say, "Oh, I got I got there." You know, like yeah. like if I land in the plane, like if I land on on Monday morning in Oakland, I'm like, "I landed at Oakland. Now I'm like getting on Bart." Like kind of mm -hmm. these banal things I'll say, and I just because I was delayed, I didn't text, and that was like, "What happened to you?" And he got incredibly scared, and I was just like, well, one, I'm hungry, and two, and it wasn't that I was forgot about him. It was just that all of these other things happened, and so that was sort of a point of stress. Mm. So so how would you say your life would be different if you weren't in a long-distance relationship? Let's say he was here right now, and y'all were in a same-vicinity relationship. Well, sadly, <laughs> I wouldn't be talking with you. <laughs> um, no, I think I wouldn't have the added time of, Sunday, packing my bags. Monday, going to, you know, it would be the, all of that extra time that could be spent doing other things together. Or maybe there would be moments during the week when you wouldn't have that sort of longing or that sort of like, what what's going on up in Oregon? What's going on with the cats? I know that seems weird, but like, all right, he's going to put the food in the bowl at six o'clock. <laughs> I am imagining tails running across <laughs> and I'm not there. And, and so I think part of it is I would feel a little less anxiety, a little probably happier, but again, you know, that's just a choice that we've made. Let's talk about your partner. What qualities do you like most about him? So I would say one of the things, any relationship, you know, you're, you're drawn for certain things. And I think brutal honesty, brutal is not probably the right word. I think it's fair honesty. And as much as I have this sort of Rose Nyland, you know, Midwest trying to be happy and nice and try to, you know, like sometimes... You know, not having a filter can be a good thing. And so I think what, what he brings is he's very, you know, he says what he means and, you know, very caring. So I think part of that is you complement each other. I guess your show is hard and soft. Maybe I would be the more soft one and yes. he's a little bit more, you know, Woo! 
for lack of a better word, hard. Um, <laughs> and, you know, no pun intended. But um, Thank God. You know, I think, I think it's like the yin and the yang come together. Mm-hmm. And so I think that's what I admire. And it's also, again, you know, we have similar interests and, you know, we have our three cats. And lastly, if you could say anything to your partner right now, what would it be? Oh, that's a good question. I'm going to sound very probably old when I say this. Um, <laughs> something about make sure, he's probably would laugh at this, but make sure you go check on the trees in the backyard. <laughs> that doesn't probably make any sense to any of you, but I have been obsessed with growing these Italian cypress in our backyard. And oh my I think he needs to open the bathroom curtain and look sometimes, but we're, we're both really busy. So that, that's what I would say is make sure when you get home, which is probably pretty soon, although he's slaving away at uh, where he's working, um, just check on those trees and then probably something with the cats make sure that you try to get them all in the same cup yeah. <laughs> adult love everybody adult love That's beautiful. yeah it gets I guess it, it doesn't sound very exciting but I promise you that in about 10 to 15 years all of this will resonate with, with you listening yes <laughs> thank you so much Professor Edward Simke for coming on the show yes thank Again. you and hopefully I was able to help you with figuring out what long distance means Yes, yes, definitely. It was lovely. It was really good. Thank you for coming on to the show. Thank you. Hard and Soft is a Daily Californian podcast. We were produced by Ashley Grace Vo, Michelle Lee, Charmaine Chong, Nathaniel Mahold. Other staff members include Haruka Senju and Jessica Dong. Follow us on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter at Hard and Soft Pod. Subscribe to us on iTunes or wherever else you get podcasts. And give us a five-star rating on iTunes. It really means a lot. Please. Please. Um. Love you. Bye.